Thanks for tuning in to Power Up Ministries, live from the refuge. We hope that you're blessed, encouraged, and leave with a greater love and desire for Jesus Christ. We love sharing our experiences in God's presence with you, and if you're ever in town, we'd be delighted to have you join us. But even if you can't make it physically, visit us at pwruploving.com, where you can gain access to other free inspirational material, contact us, donate, and more. We look forward to connecting with you. Now let's get in the presence of our loving Father and worship like our life depends on it because I've learned that it does. Love you. Oh 
How great is our God? Sing with me, how great is our God? Oh, we'll see how great, how great is our God. You're the name above all names. You are worthy of our praise. And our hearts will sing how great is our God. Your name is above all names. You're worthy of all our praise. Mighty are the works of your hands, Lord, yeah. Mighty are the works of your hands. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. Prince of Peace 
Because of who you are, I give you glory. Because of who you are, I give you praise. Because of who you are, I will lift my voice and sing, Lord, I worship you because of who you are. Jehovah Jireh, you're my provider, Jehovah Just wanna be more 
Bow down and worship 
just wanna enter in. Just wanna enter in. Lord, I'll bow, I'll bow, I'll 
Take it. Being free from granted. God just took me back to when I was free. And the feeling that I felt when I received.
longer accepting defeat. your will has our best interest at heart. Even though we may not see the way, give us the power to trust in your words, God. But sometimes we may not understand that you're talking to us from the end. And Lord, we thank you for being able to, for, for, for allowing us to hear from you. Lord, we long to be more like you, God. When people encounter us, let them encounter a piece of you. Let us be hope givers. Lord, let us be fire starters, Lord God. We need you more, Lord. We need you more. We need you more. We need you more. Fire starters, Lord. Let there no longer be any gray area conversations, God. No longer bound. Let us be fire starters, God. We need you now more than ever. We know that we are here to change the world. To show the world your glory. right direction, Lord God. Show your glory, 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 show your glory. Lord, we don't want the glory, but we just want to please you. 
Lord, we don't want the glory. We just want to please you, Lord. We don't want the glory. We don't want the fame. We just want to please you. We just want to please you. They could keep the glory. They could keep the fame. We just want to please you, Jesus. We just want to please you, Jesus. We don't want the glory. We don't want the fame. Just want to see your own name with you. High lifted up. High lifted up. High lifted up. We want to see you high lifted up. High lifted up. We'll hold that blood stain down. For you are here. Yeah. For you are here. Yeah. By your stripes, yeah. You are here. Yeah. No longer bound. No longer bound. No longer bound. You are free, yeah. You are free, yeah. You are free, yeah. You are free. You are free, yeah. Oh, you are free. By his stripes we are healed. 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 By his stripes we are healed.
I mean, God does nothing for no reason at all. Sometimes we do things that we can't explain. We do things that we really don't know the reason for doing it. But every time God does anything, he has a clear purpose. And before I get to the scripture that's going to tie into the word that um, they came forth from worship, we got to kind of set the backstory. Um, you know, it's, it's totally possible to be doing something good and still be in an act of disobedience. I was reading Psalms 63 and Proverbs 4, and God was calling me to Galatians. So it's totally possible to be doing something good. I could be being disobedient by reading my word. <laughs> I, I, I could be disobedient by praying. Hmm. I could be being disobedient in ways Anything that goes against what God is calling me to do, even if I replace it with something good, is still wrong. And when I got over to Galatians, it's, it's, Galatians was it? Um, it's a portion of the Bible that I've, I've I've been to, but but God sent me back with clear vision, and I learned some things about Paul. I learned some things about myself. I learned some things about Christ. Um, at the time when Paul wrote the the letter to the book of, uh, to the, to the Galatian church, um, to the church of Galatia, Paul's apostleship was under attack. You know, there were people who were saying that Paul wasn't uh, a legitimate apostle. He wasn't one who was. And really what they were saying is no, they didn't know what man called him to be an apostle. And not only was Paul's apostleship under attack, the, Paul's message, was, which was the message, message of God, the message of grace, was under attack as well. Uh, the, church, the church of Galicia, uh, Galatia, they had, they had encountered Paul's uh, teachings and, and, and they had encountered uh, Christ crucified. And they had been brought into an awareness of what that meant and the freedom from the religious system and the freedom from, from sin. And after Paul left, other people, other people came in to preach and they, they began to attack the message of freedom, to attack the message of grace. And they, they basically left the, the Galatians in a place where they were mixing the two, where they were a, 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 a mixture of we're free and we're bound, where we're... You know, it's, it's, it's grace, but it's a little law, too. And that reminded me so much of me. Like, I wanted to say so much of the church and so much of what I knew coming up, but it really reminds me so much of me. You know, and, and, and Paul, Paul rose, he, he, he rose some really, really, really good questions, you know, about, about the way our mind thinks when it comes to those, to those things, but... Just to start off with Paul, you know, and kind of set the backstory to where we're going. Um, in, in, in chapter one, Paul says he, he he starts the letter off by saying, "My name is Paul." And and something that I didn't know about Paul, uh, the name Paul 
means little. This Brian Simmons footnote says the, ma- the name Paul means little. Before Paul's name was changed, his name was Saul. The footnote says that Saul means significant one. So when his name was Saul and he was looked at as significant one or one who was sought after, all he could do was destroy, persecute, and be highly esteemed amongst men. But when he encountered Jesus, he saw himself the way he should have saw himself. And Jesus, he, he, Jesus names him Paul, which means little. And he sends the man he named little to do great things like write 33% of the New Testament and continue to change lives well beyond his lifespan. You know, so it, 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 really, it really challenged my definition of little. <laughs> it, it challenged my perception of what little, what God can do with a little. Chill. <laughs> Chill. Keep it. Keep it. Write it down. <laughs> he says, my apostleship was not granted to me by any counsel of men, for I was appointed by Jesus, the anointed one. And God the Father who raised him from the dead. So, so again, right off rip, he deals, with, he, he deals with his identity. I'm Paul. I'm little. I'm small. I'm not the message. I'm just the messenger. Then he deals with who sent him. You, 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 they're attacking apostleship. And like we say, we're in a day where the word apostle is so, so overused, so illegitimately used that we have sects of religion that believe that apostles don't exist. So imagine what I felt like coming from one of those sects that doesn't, but that teaches that there are no apostles today. When I hear Jesus whisper to me that you were an apostle, and then I said, "Well, well, now I got to find an apostle to 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 label me an apostle. It takes an apostle to make an apostle, right?" Okay, so he says, my apostleship was not granted by any council of men. Nobody came and here, and I, I didn't have a trial sermon. I, 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 didn't, I didn't have a group of people who came and put their put they mantle on me, put their robe on me. I was called and commissioned by Jesus himself and by, and by the Father God who raised Jesus from the dead. So, man, and when, you, when, you really, like, when you really dive into to the relationship that Paul had and, and the revelation that he was teaching, listen, man, he said, he said that the gospel entrusted to me was not given to me by any man. No one taught me this revelation, for it was given to me directly by the unveiling of Jesus, the anointing, the anointed one. No one gave me this revelation. Nobody taught me this. This is something I heard directly from him that I now bring to you. How much trust do you have to have in the voice that you hear to teach what nobody has taught? And it leads me back to the question that, 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 I, that, I, that I shared with you this week, man. Like, if, if they have to, if you need them to agree with you in order for you to get to your destiny, you'll never get there. Because in order for you to get there, you're going to have to do some things that eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. And people don't like what eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard because they don't believe that it exists. You know, people, oh, well, if it's not in the Bible, then it, 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 it's not right. It's not of Christ if it's not in the Bible. Well, get out of your car, <laughs> take all electricity away from your life, 
<laughs> if it's if it's he said what eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard, greater greater will greater works will you do once I send back to the Father and I send the Comforter to help you. So so he, he said, but he was teaching he was teaching a message. He's Obviously, I'm not trying to flatter you or water down my message to be popular with men, but my supreme passion is to please God. For if all I attempt to do is please people, I would never be a true servant of the Messiah. Who you aim to please shows who you worship. If 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 he would if he would have been a servant, if he would have been a servant of men, then he would teach men what men wanted to hear. But because he was a servant of the Messiah, he went and he taught the, he taught the word and he taught it with, he didn't water it down. He didn't, he didn't try to get acceptance from the people. He only wanted to be, he knew he was accepted by God and that's where he wanted to stay. In that place of being accepted by God, even if it means being rejected by people. He's, so, 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 so Paul, Paul is teaching a message that he, that he never heard anybody teach. He never heard anybody preach this message. He, the only place he'd ever heard this message was in the secret place, was with, was, 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 was with, was with God. And, and, and it tripped me out because when, when, when you drop down a little further, he, he, he starts to talk about what he did after he heard that message. He says, this gospel that was entrusted to me was not given to me by any man. He said, by now you've heard the stories where I was harassed and I was persecuted and I did my best to systematically destroy the, the, uh, God's church. He says, and, and because of my radical, and he did that because of his radical devotion to the Jewish religion. So, so then he says, but then God called me by his grace. In love, he chose me from my birth to be his. God's grace unveiled his son in me so I would proclaim to him I would proclaim him to the non-Jewish people of the world. After I had this encounter, I kept it a secret for some time, sharing it with no one. I chose not to run to Jerusalem to try to impress those who had become apostles before me. Instead, I went away into the Arabian desert for a season until I returned to Damascus where I first encountered Jesus. I remained there for three years until I eventually went up to Jerusalem and met the Apostle Peter and stayed with him for a couple of weeks so that I could get to know him better. The only other apostle I met during that time was James, the Lord's brother. And it tripped me out when Paul starts to talk about what he did after that major encounter. He says, I got a revelation. I heard something that I hadn't ever heard anybody else teaching. I heard something in the spirit that came directly from God himself. And instead of running to the crowds to, 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 to put on and to look smart and to, and to please the people, instead of running towards the people, he ran away from the people. Instead of going to the city, he ran to the desert. He, 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 went, he, went, he went away from the people because he wanted to be more connected to God. He, he had caught a glimpse of the sun, and he wanted, to, he wanted to see more. Rather than see how they would react to him seeing the sun, he wanted to see more of the sun revealed. So, so, so I'm, I'm not going to run to the city. I'm not going to try to go out and, 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 and pursue the acknowledgement of men. I'm not going to go out and try to, try to please the other, the other apostles. I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to run to the desert because I, I, I've caught a glimpse of him. And it's going to take a while for me to understand what it is I just saw. And the only way I'm going to understand what I saw is to see more of him. So he doesn't run towards the people. He runs away. And, and, and so Paul spends all of this time, and he spends all of this time away you know, away from people to see more, 
to see more of Christ so, so that when he would go before them, he could go before them with more than some head knowledge. He could go before them with more than some, some, you know, some, some intellectual words. He could go before them with a revelation that came clearly from Christ for his people. But so now, so now we have we have that we have that backstory, and and um, you said you said we we have we've we've taken for granted our freedom, right? You said you said that Christ took you back to the moment that you were freed, and He intended for us to have that feeling on a daily basis, but oftentimes we end up just going through the motions. In Galatians five. Verse 1, let me be clear, the anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. I'm going to read it again. (laughs) Let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. There is nobody in this room who is not stubborn, extremely stubborn. Most of the people who are most stubborn are connected to me. The most stubborn person in this room is me. And he says to be stubborn, if you're going to be stubborn, be stubborn for the right reason. Be stubborn in, in, in the acknowledgement of the truth that I've set you free so that you never return back to the bondage that you came from. So he, because a lot, man, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of what we experience is freedom and partiality. I'm partially free. And we've learned, we've been learning for the last two weeks that there's no gray area. So if I'm partially free, that means I'm still bound. You know, so he, he, he says, I, I, he set us free completely. Remember, he's dealing with a group of people who were free by grace, but then they, 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 stopped, they stopped moving by grace and they started moving back by religious obligation that, that, that could benefit nothing. All that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. Paul, Paul asked the question. He asked the question. He said, beloved ones. Let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Here he go. Here we go. So, so, so Paul, in, in, in Galatians chapter 3, he says, Didn't God open your eyes to see the meaning of Jesus' crucifixion? Wasn't he revealed to you as the crucified one? So answer me this. Did the Holy Spirit come to you as a reward for keeping all the Jewish laws? No. You received him as a gift because you believed in the Messiah. Your new life in the anointed one began with the Holy Spirit giving you a new birth, why then would you foolishly turn from living in the Spirit by trying to finish by your own works? Why would you so foolishly turn from living in the Spirit by trying to finish by your own works? So you were birthed by the Spirit. Your new life started by the Spirit. It was a gift from the Spirit for believing in the Messiah. 
And we get that new birth, and the first thing we do is try to cultivate different ways and different means to keep it going. We, we, we start to ask ourselves, what does it require of us to stay here? If, 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 if I'm going to stay here where I've, where I've been brought as a gift, I need more of the giver. But, but that's not the way our analytical mind turns. We, we think, well, if I'm going to stay here, I got, to, I got to do X amount of hours of worship. I got to do X amount of hours of, of reading. I got, to, I got to go to this amount of church services. I got to do this when I get to the church. I got to give this amount of money. Not, none, of that, none of that correlates with the scripture that, that, that deals with who, the, who gets the glory. Because back in, back in Galatians 1, he says, I pray over you a release of the blessings of God's undeserved kindness and total well-being that flows from the Father God and from the Lord Jesus. He's the anointed Messiah who offered himself as the sacrifice for our sins. He has taken us out of this evil world system and set us free through the salvation, uh, through our salvation, just as God desired. All the glory will go to God alone throughout time and eternity. So if all the God is go- if all the glory is going to go to God and God alone throughout time and eternity, then what is it that if, if I had a hand in it, all the gl- all the glory couldn't go to God and God alone. If, if, if it was my prayers that set me free when I was in bondage, then all the glory doesn't go to God. If it's my level of belief and, and or if. If, if, if God is looking at how much of my money I put in a collection plate to determine how much of, 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 of his supernatural re- resources were going to flow from him, then how does he get all the glory from that? Because it sounds like we've moved back into the religious system that's based on duty and performance rather than the grace and love doctrine that, that flows from the heart of Jesus. He says, I pray over you a release of the blessings of God's undeserved kindness, undeserved kindness, not like us, because, you know, we kind to people that's kind to us. And if I'm if I give you some undeserved kindness, it's it's real short lived. If you don't if you don't make up in your mind that you're going to start to earn the rest of my kindness, I'm going to take my undeserved kindness away. So 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 he says he says that it, it, his his kindness is undeserved and the total well-being flows from him for the anointed one offered himself as the sacrifice for our sins he wasn't he he wasn't forced he wasn't tricked he he chose the father the father's heart meant so much to the son that the son refused to let the father's heart continue to be broken by losing contact with the people that he loved. So he said, I'll go. I'll, I, I, I volunteer myself in order to return back to you what it is that you miss. And if only we, if only we could ever realize that the spirit of sonship has been, has been given to us and, be, and, and, we, and we can begin to walk in that, then we could be so intimately and intricately connected to the Father's heart that what means the most to the Father means the most to us. Because we, all of, all of our frustration comes from this one statement. What means the most to us means the least to him. So we get frustrated when we don't see activity 
in the areas that mean the most to us. But it's because what means the most to us means the least to him. Our priorities and our values are lined up in one with his. Write it down. <laughs> so, and I'm only doing you like that because I'm listening intently, like right now. So, like, um, he, I, one of one of one of our favorite scriptures to quote. Not even gonna say one of our favorite scriptures. I'm gonna say one of our favorite scriptures to quote because it's actually the scripture that lets us know that it may not just cost us everything; it's gonna cost us everything. It's, yeah. He says, my old, in Galatians 2.20, my old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. So that is why I don't view God's grace as something minor or peripheral. For if keeping the law could release God's righteousness to us, the anointed one would have died for nothing. Back to our focus and our main priority. Last night I was watching Brain, uh, brain Games and uh, the show was dealing with our, our minds and, and the way that they perceive things and it was dealing with sight. Our sight, it literally said, and you could, you could test this theory right now, whatever you're looking at, whatever is in your peripheral is blurry. See, we, we trust our peripheral vision way too much. Like whatever is to the side of you right now, if you're if you're if you're looking at your phone or you're looking at me, whatever is away from you is is blurry. You can still make out shapes, but you can't clearly see in high definition. So he he says that 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 I don't view God's grace as something minor or something peripheral. He's it's 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 what I set my it's what I set all of my attention on. I set my attention on His grace, and I let everything else become blurry. We're kind of vice versa. We kind of set our attention on everything else and keep God's grace like right off to the side. So, and, and that's why when we when we get into things or when we fall short or when we you know when 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 we do something that, that goes against our, our character and our new life, that's why we deal with that's why we wrestle so hard with condemnation and with shame and with guilt because grace is not our focus point. It's something that we keep in our peripheral. So, but but but. but he says, my old identity has been co-crucified with, with the Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. The nails of his cross crucified me with him. So my old identity no longer lives. I don't get to be the old me and the new me. So yesterday when I, caught, when I got caught up in, in a heated moment and I was dealing with my flesh and wrestling with my flesh, actually what I did is I stepped away from my freedom. I went back into bondage. I dug up an old dead man and I used the power of being connected to Christ to resurrect the dead. And I bought back somebody that, that I don't even like, 
that I, I don't want no ties with him. But we still, because when we put away the childish things and we, and we step into maturity, we never forget where we put those childish things. You know, we, we, we never forget how we never forget how to sin. We never forget how to do the things that we used to do before we were connected to him. So he says, now, in essence, the new life that I live is no longer mine. And to be honest, if there was anything that if there was if there was anything that I could identify with what pushes people away from the new life is, is that very fact. The new life isn't mine. You know, yesterday I came to the conclusion that if I'm, if, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna walk with Christ fully, if I'm gonna walk with Christ maturely, if I'm gonna walk with Christ successfully, there can be no more me. There can no longer be me and him. It has to be me head and him to the degree that me doesn't exist. It's 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 me giving myself. It's me doing what I'm always singing about. It's me surrendering and really meaning it. Because to be honest, our surrender is really more of a I wave the right flag. We, we, <laughs> our surrender is a rope of dope. Our, our surrender is a temporary thing that we do in, in, in an attempt to, to please God so that we could get benefits from his, from his hand. You know, we, we, I, I say I surrender and I'll surrender this. You know, to today, I, I, God, I, I know I surrender. I know I sing, I surrender all, but I really have a list of things that I'll surrender to you. And on that list of things that I'll surrender are the things that matter the least to me. And this, and nowhere on that list is the thing that matters the most to you, which is my heart. I'll I'll surrender to you the cussing because I really don't like it no more. I think I'm getting a little old too old for that. I, I I'll surrender to you the 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 group the group of uh, of of friends or the group of associates that 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 practice wicked you know w- wickedness throughout the week because to be honest I, I I'm tired of being around them anyway. You know I I'll surrender to you you know, I surrender my brokenness to you like nobody wants brokenness. You know we surrender to him all the things that we don't want. And then we hold hostage the very thing that it is that he wants the most, and it's me. He wants me. He doesn't want some parts of me. He, because if I give him some of me, that means I'm going to be partially free. Because freedom is only found in him. So if I don't give myself away and give myself to him, then I can't be fully freed. He says fully and wonderfully free. It's crazy. It's crazy. The can- I, I, I've, I've learned. I've learned. You know. You know what. You know what. I'm glad we didn't put carpet down, because the the peppermints hitting the ground is my are, are my amens. <laughs> like, that's my, those Great, are man. yeah. Those are those are those are the. So you better say it. That, that was that was the last. That's what the last peppermint said. So so he. Paul, but Paul go, he comes, he comes to a group of people who, who discovered freedom. And because they had discovered the freedom, he, he, was, he was totally baffled that they somehow ended up back in bondage. He was, he was, he was I mean, it was, it was mind-boggling to him. He couldn't understand it because how is it that we experience the thing that's better than any other thing we've had, but we so quickly abandon it and go back to what we know? You know, it's it's just like the children of Israel when they were freed from when they were freed from from uh, what was that Egypt. You know, and and and, and I mean, you know, 
Moses brings them out of Egypt and they get out in the wilderness and they're, they're, they're on this journey and they don't like the diet that is that is that is provided in the wilderness. So they actually begin to gripe and complain and begin to protest to go back to being in bondage because they know it's some tomatoes back there. They know it's some food back there. They know what time the chow hall opened. They know when they're going to eat. I know I'm going to get persecuted. I know I'm going to get beat. I know I'm going to have to work all day and I'm not going to get paid, but I know I'm going to get fed. And I've grown to like that food because it's what I've been eating for a long time. And why is it that we so we so quickly abandon the superior meal for the inferior meal because the inferior meal is familiar. So now my is familiar familiarity is what stops me from 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 being intimately connected to Jesus because I've grown so familiar with the with the with the language. I've grown so from, from so from, from church from church to church service to service. I heard about Jesus here. I heard about Jesus there. They said he was good over here. They said he was good over there. And I've learned that he's good and that no longer means what it means to me because I've come so familiar with the statement. So so now something that, that, that should really dictate to me my entire life, something that should dictate every step that I take becomes a cliche that I can speak, but I never experience because I've grown familiar with that. And, it's, and, and familiar, if, if familiarity works that way, it must also work the opposite way as well. That I've become so familiar with mediocre that now that I'm, I'm presented with, with excess, I leave behind the excess because I fear leaving the mediocre. I, I've grown so accustomed to failure that success doesn't even look like an appetizing meal. So I've grown so used to being in bondage. I've grown so used to being locked into rituals, tradition, rules, regulations, that when you say the word freedom and liberty to me, it's actually fearful, not exciting. So the it, it, and to be honest, it takes it takes maturity to be free. I, we, we can't right now. It, it would be it would be irresponsible of us to leave Jamari at home alone because he has not reached the level of maturity that he can survive freedom. And, and in essence, it's the same thing we go through. Freedom says that you don't tell me what to do. Freedom says I'm in an intimate relationship with Christ. So my moves for the day aren't written down somewhere for me to take it and turn it into a formula. I have to be, if I'm going to be free, I must be mature enough to operate without him always telling me what to do. Being connected with him to the degree that we're one is no longer me. So when when I'm moving, it's him moving. So we, we've reached that place where when he gives us clear direction, for the most part, we, we take it. You know, when, when he gives us clear, concise, this is what I'm putting on your heart to do. Even if we gripe, moan, complain and hate it, we do it. But what about the next level of maturity that says when I leave you at home alone, when I, le- when, 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 when I leave my child at home that has grown into a mature enough uh, a person that you know what, what I require of you in my presence and out, I can, I, I can sit you in places and have you be the ambassador because that's what he said. He said we, we, are, we are ambassadors of him. We come, we have been delegated by Christ. 
Christ is, you know, we love to delegate stuff to people, but Christ delegated to us the ability to be ambassadors for him, to, to carry his power into this world so that this world can experience his transformation. So he, he but, but the only way that that happens is if I grow into a mature enough person that even in the absence of my father, I still do what pleases my father. Christ was on earth. The father was still seated in heaven. But Christ, it's the, the Bible literally tells us that he did nothing that he saw not the father do. He, 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 he said nothing if he didn't hear the father say it. So there's a maturity that has to be in place in order for us to live from, from, from freedom. You know, and, and uh, that's, 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 that's really where I want to get to. You know, I, I want to get to that place where I'm not partially free. I'm not sometime free. I'm not free every other day or free every now and then, but I'm completely and wonderfully free. I'm free from religion. I'm free from myself. I'm free from any form of bondage. That God did not intend for me to be because he says that he intended for us because because Jesus sacrificed himself for our sins. We were free from the evil world systems. So he lets us know that he didn't just want us free from he didn't he just want us free from sin. He wanted us free from religion, free from duty, free from 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 anything that creates a bondage besides us being bound to him as one. He says. Beloved ones, God has called us to light, to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a base of operation in the natural realm. Freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another, expressing love in all that we do. For love completes the laws of God. So he says that we have been we have been called by God to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. But he says, don't take that freedom that you that you've been given to live in the Holy Spirit and try to build you a dynasty on earth. Because because in, in this freedom is 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 such a complete freedom also of self that we can become servants of one to another. The reason that we encounter so many people that we wouldn't do so much for is because we are still extremely bound to ourself. You know, if, if and he says that, that love, we have to express love in all that we do for love completes the law. I no longer need a list of rules and regulations. If I can get to the place where I define love the same way that God defines love, I have completed the entirety of the laws of God. So, so there's a, there, there's a couple issues there because there, 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 we have the issue of self-indulgence. We still like to please ourselves, And we, 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 because we like to please ourselves, we'll only serve some. We won't serve everybody. Like I say, our, our kindness oftentimes is not undeserved kindness. Oftentimes, our kindness is us reciprocating what was given to us. So he says that, that the, in this freedom... We become so completely free of self-indulgence that we can become servants to one another, expressing love in all that we do. So when you hurt me, I can express love in all that I do because I've been free from the self-indulgence of my, you know, of my flesh to the degree that even when you harm me, I can return the favor, not by harming you back, but by blessing you. You know, and, and, and even yesterday, uh, yesterday, 
um, when I was I was I was working through some things in my spirit and in my mind, and 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 I, I came I came to the thought that if this life that I'm living was given to me by the Holy Spirit, and it's no it's, it's not mine, it's not for it's it's not for me, it's 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 for Christ to live through me. Me and him are in union. We have been made one. So when you do something that harms me, I ought not be the one get offended because really what you've done is done something against Christ because there is no me. But because there is a me, we still get agitated, frustrated, mad, and angry with people when they do things that we don't agree with because there's still a me to get offended. I can't get offended. When he says, when the scriptures are over in Philippians, me and you, we, we quoted the scripture back and forth for days, where it talks about living free from offense until Christ comes. The only way to live free from offense till Christ comes is to die to self now and let Christ live through me until he comes. Because there's no way that I'm going to take me through an entire life and you not get under my skin at some point in time. Even the people that we love the most can offend us because there's still a us to get offended. But he says, I, I need you to, that, that, that you, that, that you that gets offended, you, that you are supposed to be co-crucified with me, that, that you that still gets offended is supposed to be able to look down and see the holes in your hand that went through your hand and mine because you were in me when I was crucified. Your, that you was co-crucified with me and co-buried with me, but I didn't resurrect it. I was resurrected so that I could ascend back to the Father and send the Holy Spirit so that you could be given a new life. Not, not, a, not a better one. Not, not a, I'm still that same person, but I've been working so hard on not being that person that I've eliminated some of the things that was wrong with that person. No, that, that, that me is dead. You know, to, to, the, to the degree that when, when, when we, and we've experienced this, everybody in this room has experienced this, it's just a matter of how many times you've experienced it. When people that know, that when people that knew that old us see us now, they recognize our face. They come and they approach our bodies. But when we open our mouth, if it's the day that we've chosen to let God deposit himself and we pour out, they don't recognize our language. They don't recognize our thought patterns. They look at us when we get in certain situations and, you know, and, and they see how we respond to things. It's like, oh, I know he finna snap. Oh, uh, he didn't? He, I just... I, they don't they don't know this me. <laughs> they, 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 they don't know. And, and, and I correct myself right now. They don't know Jesus because that me that didn't snap ain't me at all because me would have snapped. <laughs> what you just witnessed is God living in me and living through me to the degree that I just showed this world what it looks like to be one with him. So now it can be honestly said to God, be all the glory, because now, 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 now you have no reason to come up and tell me, man, you know, you know, you, boy, you done, I, boy, I thought you was going to do it, man. I, 
You done grown a lot. No, I ain't grown at all. I died. <laughs> you know, Jesus Christ is what you just witnessed. And see, and, and that's that's because and, and when we don't have that that revelation of two twenty that says it's not us living, it's Him. We begin to we take something good, which is growth. We take we take some we take a godly act, and we take credit for it unconsciously. Because you approach me and you tell me, oh, man, that growth looked good on you, man. And, and the first thing I said to you is, man, I got with God, man, and God changed my life. No, 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 no. God buried me and gave me a new one. <laughs> you know, and, and, and this new life that I'm living is no longer me with the controls. I no longer have the stick in my hand. It's him living through me. So, so now instead of you, me telling you, you need to come to the church and you need to let, you know, you need to learn about God so God can teach you how to be a better you. No, but listen, you need to come, you need to get with God. Even if you don't come to this church, you need to get with God so he can, he can show you him crucified to the degree that you see who he is and he is unveiled to you so that you can, you can see why it is that you need to die to yourself and be made new. Because we want the new life, but we don't want to die. We want the new we want the benefits of the new life, but we don't want to leave the me behind. I, I want to take me and I want to inherit all your goodness. But it doesn't work like that, because if my hands are full with me, how in the world will I ever receive him? How will I ever receive what he has in store for me if if, if I'm still so full of myself? He says that our life is, is Christ's life dispersed into us. How can he disperse into us if we're already full? If he disperses into us while we're already full, then what he disperses becomes wasted. And, and we know that God does nothing of waste. He's a God of excess, but not a God of waste. <laughs> so, so if, 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 if we could ever, man, and, and that's, 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 that's my, if we could ever, live the songs that we sing, we would be much better off. We, we, we would be much more pleasing to even 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 sitting here, even sitting here, I, I, I you know, leading up to the to to you know, all through worship, I literally did. I fought the good fight to, to, to put my mind on nothing but God, not the room, not the message. Not the scriptures, not, not 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 my son who don't know how to whisper at all. Like not, none of that. I just I, I tried to put my mind on him, and in putting my mind on him, he's so big. He took my mind so many other places, and he showed me that 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 you, you remember last week we talked about are we willing to be consumed. With God, I believe that was two weeks ago. Are, are we willing to be consumed or devoured by God? You know, and, 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 and God, God is not going to consume something that is not edible. So he, he, he takes us through a pruning process because I, I was, there isn't many pieces of meat that you're going to cook that you didn't have to first cut off the fat. If you, cut off, if you don't cut off the fat and you cook the meat, you end up with a lot you end up with something on what you're eating that you can't or don't want to eat. So in, in, in the cutting away that we've all been experiencing, we've, we've realized in, he cut away this. He, he, he cut away that. And he's, trying, he, he's taking us down to nothing but 
what's pleasurable to be in him. He, he wants to consume us, but he wants us to be consumable. <laughs> you know, he, 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 wants, he wants to be, he, and, and, and it's so crazy, man, because when you really dive into Galatians, which I don't have time to get that, that deep into it this morning, but when you really, really dive into it, you realize that, that the promises, the promise to Abraham was that the son of Abraham would receive the promise. The son of Abraham was not referring to Isaac. It was referring to Christ. It was referring to Jesus. So if I'm, the, the only reason I receive the promises is because I have been made one with Jesus. So, so the cutting away is him getting me out of the way. I'm just the fat. I'm just in the way. Me needs to be cut out. So I'm left with nothing but Jesus, which is totally pleasurable to God. So, so, so if, 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 if I want to be partially free, I can just I can keep being half me and half him. I can keep trying to trying to trying trying to take his principles and take his word and bring it back to my life and my jacked up mind and trying to mix the two. And what I'm gonna end up getting is a gospel that is built upon some works and some grace. And any gospel that is not built around grace and grace alone is not the gospel. You know and and. I'll tell you that in in Paul's words, and I close with that, you know, because Paul's a more reputable source than I am. He says, "I, I am shocked over how quickly you have strayed away from the anointed one who called you to himself by his loving mercy. I'm frankly astounded that you now embrace a distorted gospel. That is a fake gospel. That is simply not true. There is only one gospel, the gospel of the Messiah. Yet you have allowed those who mingle law with grace to confuse you with lies. So here he said there's only one gospel. Any gospel that goes against this gospel is not the gospel. To the point that, you know, we, 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 we take it and say, oh man, you know, God just showed us a revelation. We just discovered things of God and, and it just totally changes my theology. If I realize that something has changed my theology, theo, God, ology, the study of, it's the study of God. So if I realize that my theology was off and I've been given a new theology, that means what I had before wasn't theology at all. Because if it's the study of God, but it's not of God, it's not theology. It's actually something that was passed down from man to man. And what you get is religiosity. <laughs> you get, you get, you get, you get a, yeah, you know, I get to make up words this morning. So, but he says, you know, I, I'm, I'm he, but he says, this is the thing that tripped me out, though. He says, I'm shocked over how quickly you strayed away from the anointed one who called you to himself by loving mercy. Now, I've heard called used in a lot of different ways, but I have yet to hear a human stand in front of me and say, I was called unto him. I hear people say I was called into the ministry. I was called to preach. I was called to worship. I was called to usher. I was called. Hey, I was called. I've heard it. I've heard it. I, I, I've heard not my calling either. I did it to get out of the choir, but it wasn't my calling. He, he's, he does not call us into a position. He calls us into, into him. He, he, he's calling us to him. And once we get lined up with him, he can send us out. To be a witness in different areas and different gifts. 
So I called you unto me so that I could show you me. So when I, when I send you, because to, to be an apostle is to send, and Christ is the apostle. So, when it, so he calls us to him so, he, so we can learn of him and be intimate with him. So when he sends you to, into worship, you have a worship that didn't come from man, but came only from revelation directly given to you from the anointed one. From Christ. And in, in, in closing, do you realize how much information that we would have, how many more clear revelations we would have, how, how, how fresh church services would be if we had people in positions who were not so tied up in taking a sermon from this man. They get, a, some, they get a piece from here, a piece from there. They heard such and such say a piece, such and such say a piece. They watched the sermon on YouTube, and they mesh it all up with their interpretation of the Bible. Well, what would it look like? What would, how, how edifying would church become if we got m- more, more serious about being alone with Christ and, and hearing directly from him Things that other people have never even said. Things that other people have. Maybe if we get with him and we start to hear what nobody else has said, we can start seeing what nobody else has saw. (laughs) But because we we only hear what we've heard said before, this becomes a routine, a tradition that eventually dies out and I come to church and I'm no longer interested. I come because... I really don't know what else to do with my Sunday morning. Like, I had been coming to church so long, I, when I stopped going, I had no idea what to do with my Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I might as well go to church. If I'm going to sit at home and be bored, I might as well just go to church. You know, so, so but, but that's, that's, I want to get to that place. Because even... Uh, just, just, just a transparent moment for me. Even when the when the Spirit speaks to me things that I've never heard, I actually my prayer becomes that He sends someone, or He leads me to someone who has said what He said to me in private, so that I and it's really it really exposes a lack of trust in me and Him. I, I don't trust my ear because there's still a me. And I know because there's still a me, sometimes I hear a miss. <laughs> so, so, so if I can get rid of me, then everything that I hear from him, I'll know it's from him because there's no me to misinterpret it. You know, you think, think, think about the things that we've heard people say. Man, it's hard to hear from God. It's only hard to hear from God because there's a me to get in the way. If there is no me, then it's him speaking to him. How hard is it to hear yourself? You can hear yourself with your mouth closed. <laughs> right now. Like, you know, and, and, and you know, in, in, in closing, it was something I wanted to share with y'all, you know, just totally away from that. But uh, in closing, I, there was two things earlier in my week. And the reason I almost forgot to share it is because. I've, he's taken me so many different places since then. Like Monday, um, I was in. I was. I was doing something, I, you know, and, and, and the spirit started dealing with me. Um, it was actually I was reading about some things, and, and um, I, I had ran across some um, information on the devil. 
you know, and it was, you know, things that kind of, you know, talked about how he operates and, you know, his, some of his tricks and, you know, things that he does. And, um, and there was a time, there was a time when I really used to study. I, I really used to study the devil. Like when I first, when I first came, you know, to Christ, when I was first, not even going to say came to Christ, when I first was seeking him, when, you know, I, I, I had a real, I, I wanted to know as much about the enemy as possible. And that was my logic you know, in, in my com, you know, in, in my, you know, just my my natural thinking, that says, yeah, if I'm gonna have an opponent, you know, then I need to sit down and watch some game film. I need to sit down. I need to see whether you a southpaw boxer or you box squared up. I need to see, you know, I need to watch some of your combos so that I can know what to watch for. But really, what was happening is I was, I was, I was obsessed with learning about the devil because I was not, I was not, I was not fully obsessed with Christ. So when I was when I was I was, you know, going through this information and and I came to the conclusion that I I, I came to a conclusion about the enemy. I said something about the enemy to myself. You know, this is how he does. He does this, and in return, the spirit said to me, you know, the more you the more you trust your commander, since you want to be a soldier, because I never called you to be a soldier, but since you want to look at this as a soldier and from a soldier's point of view, the more a soldier trusts his commander, the least he has to know about his, his enemy. If, if, if I trust my commander, I, if, 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 whoever you tell me the enemy is and wherever you tell me, to, if you tell me to get to, to pursue from the right, if I trust my commander, I, I'm not worried about what, 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 how strong the enemy is. I'm not worried about what type of guns they got. I'm going because my, I, trust my, I trust that my commander would not send me where, I'm not, where I, have, I have not been equipped to go. I trust him with my life. And, and, and yesterday, I said this to you, the reason that we fall, the reason that we fall so quickly and so easily to, to Satan's lies about us and about other people is because Satan, he, he knows if he, if he comes to us in, in, in the form of himself, he knows that we'll reject it. But it's the, you think when, 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 when the enemy places, when the enemy plants a thought, it always comes in your voice because he knows that you're not in love with his opinion. You're in love with your opinion. So if I could just if I could if I if I could use your voice to get you to hear what I'm trying to give you, I, I know you'd be subjectable to it because you still love your opinion. And the reason you still love your opinion is because there's a there's still a you to <laughs> to have one. <laughs> you know, like and when you think about it, it's it's because there's still a me in him. Is there still a I, well, Jesus? I want to hold your hand. I want to walk this life. With you, not as you. But that, that's how we end up reading the word and we read commands and we take them as suggestions. You know, well, I hear you. I hear you telling me to forgive everybody. But, you know, I, I forgive those people that I feel like forgiving. I, I really don't feel like being forgiven this morning. I, I, I really rather hold this one over there. Oh, you know, this one was a little heavy. Jesus, I'm not there yet. That, whew, that's, this one was a little heavy. Jesus, I'm not there yet. I know I'm supposed to forgive them, but I'm not there yet. That's because you're still, and you will never be. You'll never be there. That's why he said that you is supposed to be crucified with me on that tree so that that you can die and Holy Spirit can gift you with a new you. 
He says that the Holy Spirit gifted you with life because you believed in the Messiah. Do you realize that Jesus in, Jesus in us, you, I, and Jesus all have the same promise from God? You, me, and Jesus all have the same promise from God. God, Jesus, Jesus came to earth. He descended from heaven, came to earth, died, became sin, hung from a tree, was buried because he had a promise from God that if he laid himself down, God would raise him up. We have that same promise from God that Jesus had. The issue is we lack the trust that Jesus had when Jesus went to the cross, believing that if he laid his life down, God would raise him up. If, 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 if I can lay this life down, if I, can, if, I can, if I could just lay it down, if I could stop trying to be better, stop trying to stop doing wrong, if I could just take this life and lay it down. But who lays down? Think about, think about the things that you don't lay down. When you're in public, we, we, all, we, we all iPhone, I, you know, everybody on iPhone. Do you get to the counter and get ready to pay your money and lay your phone down? Oh, I'm not laying my phone down. I know me. <laughs> right. I'm not, not laying my phone down. You know, um, uh, if I'm in a, okay, and just to help you get there, I, because I, I have seen, and some, you know, I have seen people that do that. If I'm in a, if, if I go to a football game, I go to somewhere crowded, and I have my children with me, do I, would I place my child down and go somewhere else and come back? Right. Be- why? Because my child means a lot to me. My, so th- this life is so hard to lay down because we're still so aggressively in love with it. We still like having the choice. I don't want to. I, if I don't want to forgive you, I'm not going to forgive you. I like having that choice. So if I, but if I lay this life down, I lose that choice. And now I have to because the new, the new life I live is him living through me and he's going to forgive you. So now I live my life mad like Noah and don't want to go and preach and proclaim the gospel because I know that you're going to forgive him. So, so right, Jonah, not Noah. Noah built the boat. He built the ark. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, good, good. I would flag and tell you I did it on purpose, but I didn't. So he, 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 he gives us that, he get, but he gives us, and, and that's the thing, man. That's how you know that Jesus is all about relationship and not rules because the very person who designed the entire system, who designed everything, who designed you, me, how it would look, how it would sound, the way it would go. He gives us that option. If you don't want to lay it down, you don't have to. But if you ever want to live to the degree that you want to live or that you say you want to live, the only way you're going to do that is if you lay you down and let me rise up in you. you know, it, it can't, we're not called to walk together. He's he he's called to walk through me. He he wants to live in me to the degree that when I walk, it's him walking. All right. Ten four. Last week I said amen. Ten four.